You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Go! Denny, Denny, Andy's still not here. I'll do it. I won't talk. Oh, there he is. Here he comes running in. That, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but I can actually hear every word you're saying. Oh, oh, oh. This, people couldn't. And it's, uh, when, and it's accurate and, and, and appreciated. Yeah, when we were on the radio, they couldn't. I was just, I'm like, we can't talk to him. We got to give him a little time to breathe now. Yeah, well, that <laughs> and I'd usually have a butt sweat running right out here. But you'd always get there. It would always be there. <laughs> it just depended on if it was a walk or if it was an all-out sprint to get in there. Yeah, you know that in that high school when you take those tests of your what you should do for a living, they said you don't want to be a pilot, you don't want to be a delivery guy, you don't want because you're going to be late to everything. You're. <coughs> Why is that? Is it because you're just doing something before that and that it just kind of goes too long, or is it? Just... I don't know if we have enough time with an hour. Um, yeah, you're like, like a, you're like a Brazilian, a Brazilian, but you're actually on time. They'll show up hour, two hours after, and that's on time for them. It's. Yeah, that's a, that's a cultural thing. I took a multicultural class years ago on how to do business with different cultures, and that's exactly what they talked about. They also talked about like you know the whole family comes with for the appointment, right, or whatever. They'll bring a lot of people with, and like with housing and stuff like that. And you have to go to the elder first, and there's all kinds of cool things. We probably could have a class, bring some guests on, and talk about that. Every time I visit, I've probably seen about 15 properties here, like showings. And every single time the owners are there and they want to kiss you and hug you and be best friends. I'm like, Hey, you know, relax. It's, it's different for sure. You got to pay for these hugs. Yeah, but Andy, I, I heard some news that we're getting some traction with the, the industry. People are worried watching our show. If we're going to, you know, bust their listings or what's going on. Hey, I don't know, man, but I, I, uh, yesterday was at an event and had a couple of, uh, People that approached us and just said, hey, I don't care what you guys do. Just promise me you won't rip on one of our listings. And I said, I can't promise anything because we're unbiased and we bring the truth to our listeners. You know, we're, and we're not trying to rip on them. We're trying to give them a, another way to look at it. Maybe that's what it is. No, we're, we're straight up. Oh, my God. How'd you hire this clown? Um <laughs> No, we haven't. We've been nice, actually. I think so. I think a big thing on that, though, is it's not just the realtor that makes these decisions. I mean, it's your client. Your client's ultimately the one in charge and going to decide whether or not they do that work or not. Uh, I think it's really hard for people to turn down a listing. Uh, and maybe they have a plan. Maybe the plan is, hey, let's just see if this works. And if it doesn't, then we'll go to this route. So it's kind I, I mean, of a... It's all well, over. You know, and here, let me throw this out there. I heard a really, really crazy stat. This is a national stat that 68% of the listings last year were listed by agents that had done under two transactions in the last 12 months. So but, people are hiring not on experience or hiring on convenience. This was a big talk we had about how, you know, is that Uber driver that pulls up the best, safest car with the best driving record or is it convenient? And I think what's happening is a lot of people in this marketplace are hiring real estate agents that are available. They're easy. They're they're right there. They're at the open house. And agents need to get back out there again. It just goes to prove a point is that, you know, you're not you're not going to live off your legacy forever and, you know, sit back and enjoy the, oh, the calls are going to keep coming in because I'm telling you, people seem to be buying differently. 91% of the buyers, this is another stat I heard. 91% of the buyers would like to receive an instant offer just to know what that would be, just to give them a reference, a, another data point, right? And then what, what's happening, though, is like less than one half, half percent will actually hire that instant offer. Wow. So a seller, I think you said buyer would like an instant offer. I meant offer. seller. Yeah, sorry. My oh, bad. Okay. Okay. So yeah. 91% would like that, and which I think I would, too. I mean, just to, yeah, for reference, so I know kind of where my bottom line is. And then um, with the 68%, you're saying that 68% of the listings that were out there were done by agents that had done two or less transactions. Uh, no, I said 
Yeah. Not 16, 68. Six, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought I said 68. 68%. Yeah. Are of what? Really? And that's that's nationwide, not Minnesota. That's a national average. The the point of that statistic was to prove that people right now are listing their houses differently than they used to. People are now this new, uh, let's call it that, sound like an old man, the younger generation, but the younger kids are looking for convenience. The the Uber, the, uh, you know, uh, bring me my meal to my house. You know, I just scan the QR code on the TV screen and they bring me a pizza. That that ease and convenience is something that is highly valued in the eyes of a uh, seller. And so convenience is, is like how quickly, how easily can you sell my house? Not, can you give me the most money or do you have the best marketing plan? Which I found to be really interesting because what they're doing is it's like I, I said, they're putting us into the category of like convenience of, of like um, uh, like like a service. Right. Like and, and I said, well, do you do that for doctors, too? So they try that with doctors, like to pick the doctor that best meets you. That's where they it's a little different where like I do want the best doctor to do my whatever procedure, but. They don't rank them that way. They rank them based on interest so that, you know, like if you watch TV right now where they'll have commercials that run, they'll say, well, this doctor doesn't believe in medicine or this doctor likes to do exercise or diet relief before they give you any kind of a med or whatever. So people are trying to learn who these people are before they do business with them. In real estate, they're still trying to keep it as a, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. It's a commodity. Bananas are bananas. And no matter which one you hire, just get the one that's easiest and the one that's in front of you, grab it and lots of money being spent on that. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, when you look at uh, what did you net, there is a difference. And that's the only question I would be asking people right now is like, hey, listen, I don't care if I pay a 10% commission to sell my house. If I walk away with more money because you put more effort into it and you're a better negotiator and you have better connections that bring more buyers my way, um, that's, you know, hey, you're just you're just paying for that. It, it works. I'll tell you what, though, some of those conveniences that you're talking about, have you ever tried DoorDash before? Yes. Oh my God. I was like, I was appalled. I couldn't even believe how much they were charging me to bring it to my house. I'm like, that no, not a chance. I can't believe how many kids are like, yeah, we ordered DoorDash last night. We were watching a movie and had a slushy and three tacos delivered. And I'm like, and it's 40 bucks. I go, yeah. enjoy being bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. It, Wow, I don't. I mean, they... A lot of people got used to it during the thing the last couple of years, and they they haven't gotten rid of that uh, that convenience. I mean, obviously it's different in here in Brazil, but that's that's all you do is iFood, you know. And obviously it's cheap for me; it's expensive yeah. for you know the Brazilian. But everyone is doing it. And I heard that same thing, you know, back in the states. I, I literally this is this blew my mind. So yes, uh, day before yesterday when they were doing that big Amazon day. Okay, now this is this is you get used to this kind of service. I'm sitting there at eight in the morning and I go, oh, my wife likes this kind of protein. She makes these shakes and I like this kind of uh, whatever. And so I ordered it. It was half price. So it was like $6 for this jug of stuff that I bought. And her thing was like $10. It was delivered by one in the afternoon, same day. And I go, how the hell did they even start the truck for under 50 bucks and, and deliver it? And it's packaged and it's, I'm like, it's, it's ridiculous. And it was half price. I always do that's, that. That's the, the problem. Pizza. You get used to that. You know what I mean? And you like it and you want that with everything you do. I always, I do that with uh, things that are super heavy and that um, I'll always forget when I go shopping, I'll order those. And it's just like, people are going to start wondering that Amazon little truck pulls up quite a bit. You know, I tell you what, Chris, I've been shopping trucks this last week and I'm just going to say it. All car dealerships can go to hell. <laughs> That's what it. are they doing they oh my god they're so like they're so stuck in what happened two years ago well you know we only have six trucks on the lot and i go yeah but i've looked and those six trucks have been on your lot for over 60 days so let's cut a deal let's I, i'm not gonna pay sticker i want ten thousand under i want this i want that and i want this much for my trade-in and they're like well the trade-in your trade-in's worth fifty-five thousand, but we can only offer you 40 because we're gonna carry it for a year i'm like oh god I'm so over. I go away, go out of business, and I'll order factory direct. I'll go right to an app and go GMC Denali. I want the Onyx Black. I want this package. I want that, and I want it delivered. And cut out the eighty thousand dollars of fees for the dealership and deliver it to my house like Carvana or something. So why are you mad at people that want to cut out the realtor? Yeah, exactly. I tell you, but I'm not. I'm not just sitting there being an ass in the middle saying that. Oh, you got to sell your house for less money. 
and you have to sell it for less money and you have to pay us more money. I'm not doing that. They are. They're being. He got out of it, Nick. He stuck right out of that one. Get out of here. All of them out of business by the end of the year. That's my prediction. Oh, boy. It it might be aggressive, but it's a wish. (laughs) I see them building new lots and adding on to their buildings, but end of the year. Well, if you're a salesperson and you sell GMC Denali's and you're looking for a reasonable offer and you're willing to work with a guy like me on a fair trade-in value, call me. Because they they don't they're all idiots. They they like are like, well, my manager said, and my manager. I'm like, I want to cut a deal with somebody that knows how to cut a deal. Be fair with me. We'd have a I I drive off with a new truck today off your lot. So call me, reach out. But Andy, if you think if you think about our world in general, I mean, ninety five percent of the people will go with them and say, yep, you're right. I understand. I'll, I'll do it. It's just like at a restaurant. You go in there and. Oh, it's just bad service, and that's just what it is. I mean, it's just like we we've all given up, and it's uh, well, you know, it's it's gonna, it'll it's change. Like, so I repeatedly buy trucks, right? So I'm pretty pretty consistent offender, and so I get to a certain amount of miles, and I'll buy another truck. So that being the case, I bought a truck from a certain guy. The, the last time I got hooked on this sales lady up in, uh, at, let's say, the North Metro, I think I bought four trucks from her. I just would call her and say, "Hey, this is what I'm looking for." She'd source it, she'd find it, she'd deliver it. It was a fantastic service. I didn't question her. She always gave me the, the all the, the discounts and the rebates that you could qualify for. And she goes, here's the best we can do right now. Loved it. Always bought my trucks. She she retired out of the business. And now I, I bought a truck two years ago from a guy. You'd think the company would send out a postcard saying, hey, this guy's still working here. Come back in. No, they almost sabotage each other, Chris. I, they're almost like they, they want you to come back to their dealership, but not to their salesperson because they know they're idiots. And that even though you got lucky one time and sold a deal, he, he might not be able to do it twice. So come on in and talk to us. And and then they don't want it. They don't want that connection with the person. They want it just with the dealership. And it's so weird. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're flipping and flopping all the time. So if you go with the person, all of a sudden they're at Mercedes and then they're going to be at BMW. Might be a problem. I get it. Yeah. I do that. I do understand. But if you've been here before and you bought from uh, Billy, then put me back to Billy. You know what I mean? That relation. I, I think the world craves, you know, connection. And they're just not allowing that anymore. I don't know. Again, I think we end should of the year. move on from the car show, and we'll go on to real estate now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this has been this has been a big talk topic lately. I've seen even one dude in Seattle who has a squatter that rents out um, part of the house to Airbnb while the homeowner sleeps in the van outside. It was a huge uh, story. So there's a Reddit thread going on about why is squatting a civil matter when it's obviously criminal? And here, add to it. Right. What's to stop someone from confronted when confronted after breaking into your house to merely respond, oh, I live here now. Boom. Now civil. This country is weird. There's been just a lot of squatter stuff going on uh, recently. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Ten years ago, that person would have been shot. and They would have been, you know, I, my God, if I walked I into my house and someone's be. there, there's not a chance ever I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sleep out in my sprinter van. And let someone stay in here. There's not a well, chance. I, I would be honest with you. You and I would grab that person by the face and throw them out the front door and say, get the hell out of here. Totally. I wouldn't sit there and be like, oh, are you comfortable? Uh, uh, the housing authorities are coming to rescue you. Are you saying the laws don't let that happen? No, I I, I would I would go Nick? nuts. Yeah. I know I, most I, people I watching imagine. this one too for listening. I'm not going to let somebody walk into my house and take over my possessions. And then in that world, why have any possessions? Because if it's just whoever's the strongest, now you're uh, uh, supporting a world that's full of bullies. And who, then you're going to see gangs take over and gangs are going to own your neighborhood and they're going to rent out your houses and you have no rights to them. Wait and see. Okay. This is an extreme example she was making, but the Nick, question you, down here. You me after I talked about my truck. And why? Calm down right now. <laughs> why is squatting a civil matter when it's obviously criminal? That's kind of the that's the your local topic. government, man. Yeah, where was this? Portland. Hopefully, well, Seattle. I, I, is in Minnesota. Is it not criminal if someone squats in your house? Is it civil or criminal? Squatting, it's breaking and entering, and you're trespassing. It's it's not. Yeah. There's no civil in it. You don't live there just because you walk in. Okay. No, no, target. no, no. A renter that doesn't target. pay rent for for six months or something, or and they're just staying in the house, and you can't get them evicted. You dealt with it. I mean, why is that civil and not criminal? Oh, 
Well, that's ten okay. at law. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You want Chris? You want to cover? Yeah. Well, I was just, yeah, I was gonna say if he, he's sitting in my house and I haven't rented to him and he's taking over my house, that's gonna we're gonna have a problem. But it, uh, yeah, I mean, in the rental world, my God, that happens all the time. During COVID in Minneapolis, it was, I mean, it was the worst. We had people doing drugs and and we have crime-free, drug-free addendums that basically say you got to be out in three days. And uh, we did that. The judge said, no, 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 they can stay. And that was from like at the end of September until the end of January. So they got to stay there, do drugs, do whatever they wanted, never paid us any rent. I mean, it was freaking crazy. And it's just like that that whole tenant law, and now it's getting worse. It's getting way worse. And, and what uh, the lease and all of that says, we should do a, a segment on that. And all the we, things we should that learn how to design buildings to evict the homeowner or the the renter, where if they don't pay their rent, it's like those. It's like in those uh, in the movies where they have the walls that collapse. No, and literally push you, push you, push you, push you out, and then yeah. you just cut a new door, in, and then they can live on the bottom six feet. Yeah. Well, Andy, oh. you dealt a lot with uh, our little 2008 struggles till about 2012. Yeah. You you dealt with a lot of squatters in those properties. Yeah. What were so you? I had that? I had most of them were drug addicts that had nowhere to live, homeless people, and uh, and when when you'd walk in, you'd say, "Hey guys, how's it going?" And uh, just, "Hey, I'm the guy that helps the bank." And um, you know, so eventually, what's going to happen is they're going to want to board up all the windows, lock the place up. There's a lot of choice words that are used to describe me. Um, I was called Donald Trump quite a few times really? and whatever back in the day. And uh, anyway, uh, so w- when that's the case, I said, I don't know nothing, guys. I'm just doing my job. Don't don't hurt the guy that does the job. And normally there's a cop with me because I wouldn't go to houses that were occupied without a police officer, depending on where the area was. And, you know, are they squatters or were they the tenants? Tenants would get paid to move. I mean, back in the day, a lot of people, you know, just would abandon and, you know, blame the banks and whatever. But a lot of banks were very, very, I mean, like I worked with uh, Bank of America and oh my gosh, were they generous? They were, you know, I'm sorry we have to evict you and your family. Would $10,000 help you guys with moving expenses to help you move out of the house? And people are like, I haven't seen 10 grand in, in a year. So yes. And they would move out nicely. And there was a lot of very smooth transactions happening. There was a lot of them that were the opposite, where there were people squatting and there were vacant buildings for years and nobody's paying the taxes, nobody's paying the whatever, nobody's maintaining it. And uh, those were tough. I, I'll just say, Nick, I wish it was criminal versus civil because, I mean, I've got judgments lined up and it just, it's just wrong to Well, me. Chris, I, mean, I think it's criminal in Minnesota <laughs> if, if they haven't been a tenant. Like, I, I and I yeah. maybe somebody could call into the show and help us with this, but like, if you're just, if you break and enter into a property and you stay there, you have no rights. If you have a lease like this, it sounds like this other person did. They had a lease and then they just won't leave. They have an equitable position or a stake or they had a tenant law where then they have so much time to recover before they become homeless. And there's there's a process to evicting them. And you just have to follow the legal process to evict them. And you can get them evicted in Minnesota. They don't they don't sit there for years, you know, so you can get them evicted. Good. Good. You know that. I would be. Yeah, I just, it just, I get frustrated with that stuff just because I think it's, uh, it, it, they think that like, like you, you're, you're a realtor trying to do your job going into these houses, which were probably 19 or $20,000. You're getting a percentage of that. So you're maybe getting, you know, $1,500 to be able to kind of put your life in, in jeopardy. And they're blaming you for, you know, them not having a house. It's just not, you know, I don't know why giving on drugs you know, and everything else. So I don't know why in, in your situation where when you're a landlord or you're the owner of the property, why your rights should be taken away as a citizen and not have anybody helping you when somebody's doing wrong to you. And that that's where society is flipped, right? Then then it's the nurture the bottom and God bless us all because you're screwed. You know what I mean? You can't you, you there's gotta be a happy medium there. Otherwise, why would you own properties? Why don't you just let them all be slums? And, you know. It probably will happen. So in some areas, probably. Mm-hmm. So. I did a po- I did a podcast two years ago saying USA will turn into Brazil 2.0, as in more violent, more stupid, more crazy. So we do everything bigger. And 
hopefully we course correct very soon. But uh, yeah, but you know what's funny? That, that, yeah. What you just said right there is Brazil. What you just said right there is Brazil. The who owns the places and they're just total slums. Besides the rich areas, right? I mean, it's it's the exact same thing that you guys are referencing. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, but that's you when you have some of that happening in the in the core, you know, thirteen county metro, and those local governments are different than the governments throughout the whole state. Then you have a governor talking. What did he say? A couple. What was it last year? He said something about anything north of Hennepin County is just rocks and trees, or something like like hicks and sticks, or something. He said it was something like that, where he basically said he doesn't support the the rest of the state because they don't support him. And it, let's split in half. I got a great idea. Let's make Minnesota prop. You, you guys can have the the metro area, and then the rest of Minnesota will be like New Minnesota or whatever, and we'll have two more states. <laughs> or one more state. Let's split it. I guarantee and, you everybody that's out state would say, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, this is going to be part of New Minnesota right here. I got $3.5 million cabin. Let's check this baby out. Oh, Let me cabin? show on the screen. I like yeah, that. It's, it's got a lot of land with it. <laughs> we got a $3.5 million cabin, Andy. This is, is this Andy's new place? Two thousand feet of sand beach too. Yes. Hundred and thirteen acres might help it. Where is it? An ideal oh ideal township. Whitefish. Oh right. done. That surprise is not going for more than that. Fifteen hundred square feet. It's all about the acreage there, boys. Oh for oh, sure. Oh it's on whitefish. It's a white is uh is that up on the whitefish chain? Yeah, yep, it says right there in the second line it like does. Chain yes. lifestyle. Yeah, it was all, okay. Yeah, that's uh wow. that's pretty simple. I mean, I just wonder how much it could be split into. Zero. Well, that's zero. my second question. Two thousand feet of sandy shoreline is what it said. So if all of a sudden you can get your twenty lots and each lot's worth seven ninety nine, I don't know why this guy would ever sell for three point five. He's leaving money on the table. That's over eight million right there, and then you could still own all the acreage behind. Yeah. What kind of utilities and stuff do they have? I mean what do they have to bring in? That cabin is cute. It's like a 1960s, you know, uh, Brady Bunch looking kind of place. It's in the way. It's probably in the way. You got to get rid of it. Uh, yeah, it will be for sure. It doesn't have a garage. That's just a cute guest cabin. house. Yeah, it could be a guest house. Look at that. Wow, how cool is that? That'd be pretty impressive. Let's, uh, let's look at the sandy. It has sand up on the, up on the, is, um, is there a map, Nick? Of that one? No. We don't have a map. I just Man, wanted to see the acreage. Crazy. Yeah. Look at that that cabin photos. is pretty cool, though. Look at that view. That cabin would be pretty fun, yeah. So, Andy, our cabin expert, you got, you think this guy should split it up and, and get some more money or what? Depends on what he's trying to do. If if he now here's something that you may not be reading. It's only for sale for 3.5 million. We've seen places on that lake go for 40 million. I mean, there's some crazy like private sale estates that have gone to nonprofits. I mean, remember that we were talking about that. There was a uh, Mark Petig talked about that. The guy that built that like 29,000 square foot house and donated it to a nonprofit because he knew he couldn't get his money back out of it, and so they did a big write off on it and everything. But um, that lake can support. There are people that are crazy enough to buy that and build their monster estate, but there's there's probably a clause in there that says that you're not allowed to subdivide for 15 years or something because that, that architect wants it to remain at least as long as they're alive intact. They worked very hard at putting all that land probably together, buying parcels and putting it all together. But I'll tell you, as as an individual, you could you could generate so much money it's not a money thing, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like they could sell off, you know, a thousand feet, and and it those lots go for eight hundred thousand on that lake. So I don't understand. You know, that's like even just half of it is is you know seven you million. See, you could see like a, a family plot there, meaning that there's um, okay. But anyways, that so like you get somebody that's going to spend three and a half million and put up you know, five out areas to be able to kind of house their family. I mean, how cool would that be? Have or just put a big butt resort up there or something, you know? 
Yeah, but I I think you know there's there's people with so much money that can uh, just grab this stuff and and just hang on to it and sit on it. And that one's a that one's kind of intriguing. I, it, you know, if something's wrong though, I, I'm going to guess, I, and I haven't obviously read the fine print, but something's wrong there because three and a half millions, that's way underpriced. What, like way underpriced. Yeah. There should be some limits. There's some limitations or something. There's gotta be something there. Like it can never be developed or something like that, where it's in a landlocked deal with the government or something, because there's no way you could. I kind of got to know, Nick, bring that, that writing up again. I got to know now. If there is something, if they've stated something. Well, we could look it up on the MLS, too, and probably get the real stats. Yeah, what's it say there? Uh, ultimate and private is settled over 2,000 feet, fully furnished, three. Huh, doesn't really get kind of go into it. Okay. But that's intriguing. I mean, and I, and I think that is... is is kind of what we're talking about is how different people look at that. I mean, for some people, they're going to look at that and say, geez, it's a thousand square foot cabin. I mean, for three and a half million, are you absolutely crazy? Other people are going to say, oh my gosh, I could probably turn that into, you know, 20 lots of, uh, you know, five acres a piece and you could have all these estates and I sell them off. And other people say, you know what? I want to buy that for as a legacy for my family and for centuries to come that they're going to be able to stay there. And we'll put up five different houses, all named after the kids. And then little Billy's going to file bankruptcy and have a lien on it. And they're going to have to, no. So, you know, like, but there, there's enough players in that market up there where people that are on the lake that have real money, that as soon as that would have came up for sale, it would have never hit the market. I'm telling you between remember, remember old buddy O'Connell up there, OC, and you've got, uh, was it Bruce Larson? All those guys that are up there in that marketplace that are super dialed into value. They, that would have never hit the market. And and so something's got to be up with the, it can't be divided or something. Or it's all swampland or something. You know what I mean? Probably right. Yep. Maybe there's an airport or a, a nuclear plant, maybe right next to it. Well, you do, you do have good power, Chris. It, the, the, the plugins are crisp. And they work every time, so that's an advantage. Maybe, maybe that Air Force base that we talked about last time would go over this land and drop bombs. And it used to be a lot of practice spot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Totally. This, uh, hey, this show's really getting good, guys. We uh, we know our hey, stuff. We're gonna, do a little, we're gonna do a little social media reacts, but uh, I know this one says residential, but I wanted to kind of pertain to you guys because someone commented on our reel the other day about you andy talking about like monetary policy and, and free money and and how you're so wrong and real estate people are stupid and they have no idea about economics so this is why i picked this one i appreciate okay? you sharing that in front of everybody great uh, go ahead. <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know if he's right I'll, I'll bring up the comment here later but okay, watch this. what the hell are you talking about <laughs> oh now, now I bet you I know what that, that comment is. Someone trying to be really super smart and that they're going to save the world against us. That's what it's going to be. Well, let's be honest. The barrier to entry in our industry is about as low as a pair of sandals on the floor you could step over. True. And anybody can get into this business, but can you make it is the key. Did I just go dark on you here? Look at this. You uh, your tan is coming back, Chris. I kind of like this look, yeah. I know. I also I look like an old guy in this. This <laughs> my son, my hands oh, away. I'm like back. I got freckles. What the hell? Yeah, but you you are right. I mean, the the theory is is that it, there's it's a it's a low bar to be able to get a real estate license. There's some brilliant people in this business. There really is um, some real smart people. They might not be able to sell the most houses, but uh, there's some people that really know their stuff and. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, commercial does seem to, um, I don't know, it's its a lot more um, education if you go into the commercial side of it, I think. Well, let, let me throw this out at you. So you go into a lawsuit situation and you have to hire an attorney and the attorney is going pro bono, right? So they're going to, they're going to, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll take that risk. What percentage do they charge? 30 mm -hmm. 40%? Yeah. Real estate agents charge 
six, sometimes seven, right? Mostly, you know, whatever. And, and I look at that and I go, you know, so you want us to, let's say that they have to have a PhD in real estate to become a uh, real estate agent. Guess what's going to happen to your percentage, guys? It's going to be a 30% selling fee. It's not going to be, uh, I'll do it for 300 bucks in a, in a burrito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should get off here. I'm, I'm too wound up. I, I should go for a nice walk with my dog. I, uh... Oh, boy, what's this? This is probably us talking. Okay, so man. this is it. This is the comment. And so do you remember this video, keeping the rates that low for for that long? It messed up and there's too much uh, free money. Or We can yeah. watch the video if you want, but here's what oh. this guy said. Oh, God. Free money. It's a laughable to hear real estate people try and use a debunk theory like monetarism to explain rate hikes or what's being coined as greedflation. What, what, what does this comment pertain to? Okay, let's watch it. Prices only shot up that high that fast because rates were so low for so long. And I'm telling you, keeping the rates that low for that long really screwed us up. You know, it's like taking medicine and now now we don't have any left. Andy, my whole prediction about people selling on contract for deeds and doing that kind of stuff, I think is going to be very real yeah. coming up. I mean, I'm having a lot of discussions on that and I'm selling people's houses that have, you know, three to 4% interest rates and being able to even give someone six, you're making money sure. and give them 6%. I mean, you're going to be way ahead of the market and probably get the value. People are going to be looking at that. Now, there's a lot of things you have to talk to your accountant your attorney your realtor everyone else but um it's a real thing was a real thing back in the 80s 70s okay so you guys saw that what do you have to say nothing i'm sorry i can't hear i'm sorry i i don't know what the guy's even talking about yeah see free money it's laughable to hear real estate people try to use all he's doing is i'd say uh troll What's great you know, trolls? That's good. There are people out on the internet, and all they do is troll for trouble. <laughs> We're moving up in the world, Andy. <laughs> We're moving up in the world. We're getting trolls, Chris. That's a good sign. Yeah, that is that is kind of nice. It is. It, I don't like that though. I don't a like warm that. spot now in my heart. I have for we're getting trolled. That's nice. Exactly. Trust me, I, I've dealt with it a lot. And then you talk to them in the direct message and they're like, oh, I misinterpreted what you said. And like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. And they're the softest people ever. They would never say it to your face. They love to come at you. It's surprising on Facebook, they had their name on there. I deal with anonymous all the time on YouTube and you know yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Well, that's what I usually block that when somebody says something silly like that, you know? No, so you had to use them as content. So you take what they do and then you reuse it as content, right? And make them look stupid. So now we'll, I'll probably clip up this a little bit. Be like, "Hey, what's up, guy?" And I don't know how I don't know how we can I don't know how we can make someone look stupid when we don't understand what they're talking about. I'd like to know a little more. I mean, so let's have Leaf on. We we were talking about different ways in which to be able to market properties because the interest rates were so low. I mean, and they were low. There's no question about it. I wasn't talking about monetary policies. Yeah. Well, ask Same him to moment. come on for a 10-minute segment. How about that? No, thanks. Him and Andy. <laughs> I would love to see that. No, thanks. Uh, we don't have a jerk section yet on our show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Next. He might be real, Andy. Jeez. Are we supposed to be talking? In a beautiful world. I wish I was special. that's awesome you you, i have i had to learn chris years ago to get buckets in my truck and i have buckets for a model home new construction i have buckets for new listings where i have boxes and i have all the stuff in there so i just slide it out and then half the time i'm using my truck as a real truck and i've got to find a place to put all that stuff I, I feel for that guy. You would, uh, you'd be very impressed, Nick, with uh, Mr. Prasky's garage and his uh, little extra shed stuff. Is very, very organized. But Most it probably. is the other. I was in my Sprinter um, the other day. I let I let some people use it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is huge. I did because it was they totally cleaned it out, and it was like, and I'm like, oh my god, it's all my crap I put in there. 
I'm thinking about taking out a seat because I don't have enough room, but it's all the all the stuff that guy's just packing in. It all sits right in my car, all out in the open. So yeah. So true. That that was me, by the way. That that well, person. what it does too is it saves you. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you're you're running 15 minutes over to the office back and forth. You forget a lockbox, you forget whatever. And and that also, I I and I'm I'm gonna turn this as a positive. That individual, he's an entrepreneur. He's probably a solo entrepreneur. And so they do everything. So you're the accountant, you're the bookkeeper, you're the salesman, you're the marketing executive, you're the, you know, so all of that falls onto that person's, they have lots of hats. And, and that is a, uh, not, not to have compassion for that person, but um, that, that's our life, man. Very much. I just kept it to myself. I don't want to know. I think that's uh I don't know I think there's a couple things there but number one as far as a as a room goes I think if you had a small room I think something like that's kind of cool I mean to be able to kind of make it right but for the most part I think it's a waste of money doing that kind of stuff but I love the the ability to be able to add stuff and and do things just like they're doing I wish there was a program I mean I know that's the AI type yeah. stuff but uh if there was a a program where you could well, and I, there is but for for a, a layman to be able to kind of do it real quick and say you know what hey i want this room to look really nice and open and uh i want kind of a traditional feel then all of a sudden all that stuff would pop in that'd be maybe there is something like that maybe you can help me andy is there something like that oh well, yeah but i mean you know what i was thinking about the whole time i was laying that out i go god that's really cool and then it's all custom fit, it's all custom size. And I go, that's a fifteen thousand dollar bedroom set. Yeah, oh for Easy. sure. Yeah. Easy. Because by the time they do all that customization to fit just right now, it's a built-in. Now it goes up the real estate, it stays. Um cool. That'd be a tough bed to get out of too. You'd have to roll out on the floor and then onto your knees. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it has to throw you up. Exactly. You need pads on this wall, so boom, you <laughs> Totally. Uh, we're going to get into some more socialist Trolls? talk. No, <laughs> socialist talk. I want to hear oh, what you guys got to say against this. But first, it's going to be brought to you by the man himself, uh, Andy Prasky, preferred home team. Andy, you want to do the commercial or do you want to talk? Wake up, America. It's the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Okay. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing. 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call. Send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. If, if somebody could just hire me so I could buy a shaver so I could get that commercial reshot with a clean shaven face. It seems like there's an imbalance in the availability of single family homes in desirable areas, despite the advocacy of progressive politicians for more affordable and missing middle housing. People lie, just so you know. Um, why don't we impose high property taxes on non-primary residences, which could incentivize landlords to sell and increase the housing supply? Additionally, stricter regulations on long-term rentals could also help address the shortage. Well, let me let me explain this. So back in the day, when you had homestead versus non-homestead properties, right? So rental properties were non-homesteaded. And they were two to three times the normal tax rate. Uh-huh. Uh, here's the problem, guys. They don't sell them. They pass it on. And now that uh, affordability goes right out the window again. You, you can't create affordability by taxing people. You have to create affordability by forgiving things. Like, I mean, honest to God, you look at like uh, the amount of city fees and things that are in these houses to get these lots and 
permits pulled, like new construction exclusively. I mean, we were talking about this the other day. It's like forty-five to fifty thousand dollars between the counties, the states, the whack and sacks, the sewers, the you know transportation fees, the park dedication fees, the trail dedication fees. I mean, it's ridiculous. People don't believe me. Go to a city council meeting once and ask them. Say, can we see a breakdown of all the fees that are paid on these lots? And ask them to forgive that. And then also in your houses would be $45,000 cheaper, which would help. On the other hand, cities also put on what they call covenances. Like in the city of Dayton for a long time, you had to do all hardy fronts on the front of the Why the hell do they care what I put on the front of my house? And also that would add $8,000 to the front of a house. They say, well, it looks nicer. Well, you're adding to the problem of not being affordable. So the idea there is this, less regulations, less fees, and that creates more of an affordable environment. If, if builders could make uh, houses that people can afford they will and right now it's crazy it's like i look at these guys that are making these slab on grade you walk there's a garage door and a front door and you walk in it's almost like a townhouse that they pulled apart and they're going in the 400s and that's considered to be attainable or affordable and that's still a heck of a payment you know what i mean so it's it's you know but that's about the lowest that they can go a single family i i don't understand how people don't understand by now it's all about money and it's about power and it's about greed and what they want and i'm telling you i mean it, it, when i really saw it is when i sold an apartment building that i owned and i had there's one exactly the same right down the street from there and i ended up getting four hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollars more because we accepted section eight and so the government was willing to pay us more for an apartment that wasn't as nice as the other one but the rents then were higher because we were taking section eight. Those people were renting it for, you know, where we're helping, we're helping people because you're getting section eight and we'll accept that and we'll be able to do that. But in turn, what it does is it, it made us more money. So it looked better to an investor who then turned around and bought it and paid 400,000 more than the one down the street. What do you say about that? I mean, it's, it's what it is. I mean, and that's just, it's just sad if they would just let it, like you said, you know, to just let it go. I think it would all work out because people aren't going to, investors are not going to buy something that they're not going to make money on. They're not going to do that, you know, but if there's a lot of the stuff out of the way, I mean, people aren't going to go rent from someone if the rent is way too high. So they're going to adjust the rent to be able to get what they got and then see if it works for them. And then that's how prices come down. So if the renters aren't willing to pay, you know, $700 a month, and it's only $600. Well, that property is going to not be $900,000 anymore. It's going to be $700,000 in which to be able to do that. And that's that's what it that, that's, that's the big boys talking there, the cap rates. And, uh, you know, what's my return on investment? And right. if you charge less for rent, your building's worth less. And that's not the that's not how the game is won. Game is right. won on profits and, you know, and income and, and uh, cash flow. And, and so those with money will always have money because of that. Mm-hmm. So I can speak on this. I've seen these kind of policies in action in Italy. The second home is taxed insanely, right? So all the people, like they pass on their homes, like you're saying. Every beach house I went to, um, it was someone's great grandma's, you know, throughout the family. Um, and also in Italy, it's very, very hard for young people to even buy a home. I mean, the the prices are are ridiculous. And like the city centers, every single building has been with like nobility uh the, the rich from the the renaissance you know what i mean and so these policies are enacted in italy and it's still extremely hard for young people to to buy homes so but nick nick those are when you get into those socialistic you know governments like even in like you know you look at england there are some people that are I, a good friend of ours this barry comes over every year and visits and he, he weird professional hunter i don't know how you get that job but he's a professional hunter shoots you know deer all year long fixes motorcycles when he's not shooting deer and he's a sixth generation, the same apartment renter. No, no, nobody in their family's ever had enough money to ever catch up, to ever get ahead. And I don't know. That's why. That's what I don't understand. So why do people want to go that direction with with that, or or go to the extreme of being like in China? China um, to have employees, they have to provide them with housing because they can't afford to house themselves for what they're being paid. So now you have government housing. I go. How is that not a version of a prison? Mm-hmm. you're trapped you got to work there forever to live there forever to to make no money to never get ahead to 
Never, you know, and it's like, it gets to a point of where, what, what do you really want in life? You want people to be treated fairly. I get that. I do. Um, and, and on the other hand, I don't want people to be treated unfairly if they've gotten ahead in the world. You know, it's like, so that's not fair either. Just because somebody does make the right decisions um, and, and, you know, and, and a little bit of luck, it, we all admit that a little bit of luck helps. Um, and all of a sudden they've made it. Well, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think the last couple of years showed a lot of people want to be told how to uh, eat, drink, go to the bathroom, sleep, and they'd be totally fine with uh, authoritarianism. You know, just give me a house, place to sleep, Hakuna Matata. And the, the American mindset is completely different than the rest of the world when it comes to a lot of these ideas. But now I'm seeing what I've seen in different countries, you know, seeping into to the young oh, American yet. mind. Well, you look at our, so, our governor. I'm not going to say his name. And as he's standing in front of a pulpit, because he had to, because he had a... And he's like, you need to wear a mask and you need to this and you need to. And there, we bought a freezer building that has can hold 800,000 bodies and we ordered body bags. And I mean, he was so excited to be in that position of you need to listen to me right now. I just drove me crazy. I was like, oh, and I, I'm sorry if I fed if you like the guy. Good for you. I just I think he's all about that stuff. Anyway, so the solution to this person's issue is to less regulation. I think so. I mean, they're not, I mean, a massive tax is everyone works around it. It doesn't matter what the tax is. They figure out a way in which to get around it. You know, you talked about Donald Trump and everyone wanted to see his taxes. And then when they saw him, they went absolutely crazy. But I mean, if you work with the tax codes, I mean, that's what they all do. I mean, it's just so silly. You can say you tax them all you want. They'll figure it out. That's what they do. That's why they're in charge. That's why they make... I don't know. I think it's pretty, I, I think it's pretty simple to understand. I think you, you know, everyone wants to help somebody out. That's what's crazy about it. Everyone wants to help, you know, but it's how do we do it? How do we help, you know? And yeah. you gotta have them help themselves too at some point. So I'll tell you, I've had renters that it's just, there's a reason that they're renting and it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, they, they'd rather go and spend it on drugs or, or, I mean, some, I mean, I'm just talking about my own experiences. They'll, sure. they'll buy cars, you know, they'll have a lot of that stuff, but they won't, they don't want to pay their rent, you know? So every people have different options and they just kind of use the, use the system. And it's just, it's just kind of, it's just sad. So well, I've got, got receipts, got about a hundred thousand dollars worth of receipts that uh, prove my point because of rent that, we, that we weren't paid. And I mean, that's real money. That's money that you work your butt off to try to be able to get. Well, we, yesterday we had a speaker that talked about emotions are liars. And if you followed your emotions and what feels good every time, you'd be a 700-pound broke guy living under a bridge, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and it comes down to where sometimes you can't do always what feels good or whatever. And, and, and that's the problem is that I, I get it. We'd all love to live on vacation with people serving us and, bringing us drinks and pizza and you stay skinny and you're in great shape and you have wonderful relationships with your friends. It's just not the way the world works. Sometimes you got to put the work in to make that stuff happen. And uh, it is what it is. All right. Let's get into some Minnesota luxury real estate brought to you by Chris Rooney, home experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Wow. Bloomington, that must be on the river. Look at all that character. That house has a ton of character. Yeah, Auto Club Road. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty fun right there. Look at that back compared to that front though. Isn't that something? Is that a is that another pool in the back, or is that just like a like the lower level, or is that just a decorative pond? Or what is that lower hot tub? No, the lower dark stuff down here. Oh, the wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. With like stepping stones. It's like some kind of a fire pit. Oh, 
Yeah, I wonder if it's... Daddy, uh, oh, I'm guessing it's some kind of water feature coming out of the pool. Maybe it's a kid's pool or something. Yeah, oh yeah, right there. It could leak over or something. That's interesting. It's yeah. just a, a different, uh, maybe a different uh, color on the bottom of it. He's so. got a $300,000 pool. Yeah, look at that. I mean, just the landscape. Think about the landscape there. Yeah. And, and what that costs. Oh, my gosh. Right. But how beautiful. How would you like to entertain there? Wow. I'd like to go there for something. So so it's under $4 million. All right. Let's uh, get some of those pictures rolling. Three and a half acres. Wow. Yeah, it's on the bluffs. 162 days. It's not unusual with uh, a, a larger house. They take a little longer to be able to go. But the one good thing about, you know, being on the bluff is that uh, there's not a lot of bluff lots left. And so um, it's kind of interesting. Some people will want to be on, on that side of the river, um, closer to uh, Minneapolis, so they don't have to cross the river. But um, that one's really close to the river. So it's not like it's not like it's a crazy savings of time. But um, beautiful area, a lot of wildlife in that area, um, and uh, Bloomington is. Uh, I'm so curious. I can you flick along? I'm sorry to get so hung up on that pool in the bottom area. It's dark, so it's I, look at that retaining walls and everything. My God. Yeah, yeah. Well, that terrain is is typically like a cliff, yeah. so they created that whole thing. Yeah, click through those photos. I love it. Wow. Jeez. Built in 2008. That doesn't feel like a 2008. Uh, no, they decor. painted all the trim for sure. Yeah, they must have. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Really neat. Let the birds fly in. I think you're totally right, Andy. I would have liked to have seen that, what that 2008 looked like. And this could be a, a great example for people in that price point. Um, that these are that's that countertop's definitely new. There's no oh, way in those totally that. they totally engulfed the whole island with the yeah, and the fixtures. The I mean, the old fixtures are well, look know, at all the seams they, match on the right side there. Like, if you go back to the last photo, like on the island on the back side, they have seams. There you go, and see how it's cut and the seam still matches, so it looks like it's a big slab. Oh, yeah, that's some impressive stonework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they uh they had a Heck of a uh, stone worker there. It's cool stuff. I don't know about the llama, but. So that's a little pantry. Yeah. Brushed brass. It's kind of nice. What happens is that it becomes more of a show kitchen and the work happens in the pantry. That's a neat parlor. God, with that dark. They just did a really good job. See, now that's, that's the tile work and the colors yeah. that were there previously. Yeah. And they've redone that. So let's see if it uh, if it continues to. Okay, this is cool. Yeah. So they, I bet anybody, Andy, I bet you that cedar that's on those cedar shakes okay. that used to be. Um, I guarantee you that used to be dark, and they just freaking totally no the shakes on the white uh, on the walls there. Yeah, that yep. I guarantee you that was a cedar look before, and they just yeah. turned it totally modern from to painting that and then they were able to keep the stone well it looks like since they it was built in 2008 they've had constant updates done to this house you know keeping it relevant with the current styles and i'm sure there's always been a contractor at the house ever since they bought it yeah. i was just gonna say um with the last couple houses we've done you guys kept saying oh just add a little 2023 these people have done it yeah 100 percent. they have but it's not as fun when we don't have things to rip on there uh nick so Especially that, back, in the hot tub. especially that backyard. Ooh. Oh, go back to the picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip. There we go. Something. That's what I've been looking for. So what is is that a just a reflection pond pool that you just look at? Absolutely. Okay. You sit and hang out. Look at the waterfall coming from the pool. Yep. Area. You can't have fish in it then. Oh, maybe you could, yeah. I thought that'd be cool if you'd have that as a koi pond or something like that. Yeah, I wonder if it's uh, it's not really coming from the pool. It's separate water, but it makes it look like it's coming from the pool. And then you have fish in it. But yeah. uh, Nick, one more picture back. I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna 
Just one more. Okay, see those those balls? Yeah. Those got to go. <laughs> I thought so, too. Weird distraction. That's one thing. Yep. I got that little angel that's sitting there. I actually have a little angel like that on my waterfall in my backyard. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. Oh, I don't mind that angel. I just, it's those balls I don't get. So, yeah. I guess that's landscaping. But this is, yeah, this is amazing. Look at yeah, that house is, all that, that stonework on really that. Yeah, geez. I mean, I, as the foundation of the base, that is so neat. Look at all that stonework. My God, they must have had somebody there for two months. There's a million dollars. That's all hand split stone. There's a million dollars in that backyard. Oh, yeah. Do some kind of really good photos, too. You got to see who's listed this. this. They did a really nice job. Yep. Ooh, that's dark. But it's pretty cool. Wow. I still think that's kind of valid, actually. You can see the tiles again. That's the, the one thing. When, when you get these monsters. have been painted, though. Yeah, when you get the, these monster houses... Yeah. It is. I mean, trying to update them. I mean, it's a it's a ton of money. So you gotta gotta get to a an area that you know, like. But to me, it's kind of like I can deal with all the the stuff that they hadn't done yet because of what the main area looks like. Gosh, cool place. Yeah, that's a definite. Uh, Executive type home. Yeah, they, did you see that? Something. They had the infinity pool at the end. The pool actually is an infinity edge. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's what where the that? water flows over, you know, so it doesn't look like it. It looks like it goes off into the skyline. Yeah, but what is that? That's a, a cedar shake roof, looks like right under it. That's interesting. That is weird, isn't it? I wonder what's behind that, if there's a little shed or something under there. Let's see if we can see. Yeah, now you got me going on that. Where does the water think, go? I think I'm going to go show this thing. Wow. That's cool. Wow. So this that is normal is. for a place like that to sit on the market for 160 days. You guys think it looks great? The price is right? Well, how many buyers are in the Twin Cities that are in that price range right now? 10? Yeah. No, there, there's more than that. But it's, it's not, I mean... It's not very, it wasn't huge. You know, I think it's for a, a particular type person, myself. But I think that one is going to be, um, you don't get a lot of people uh, looking. Now, you got to remember, anytime you're competing in that price point, you're competing against new construction. And it can build exactly what they want and how they want it. And maybe they want that, that pool five feet all the way across rather than a nine-foot area that they can have a diving board in. And so you're always doing that. So what you have to do is you've got to get it in a, in a spot that people want. So like that cabin, it's 138 acres. that has got 2,000 feet of lakeshore. I mean, that's a big thing. If you're on a lake, you're on Minnetonka, you're on Prior Lake, um, that one's on the bluff, you know, and there's, there's no other things available on the bluff. So if they want to be able to go on the bluff, but that bluff is big. So there's a lot of bluff um mansions kind of like that so there's some options so it's just kind of a it's one of those things that it's not it's there's a big difference from a $350,000 house sitting for 100 days on the market and a 4 million dollar house sitting on the market big difference you you don't view it as as being like a an issue yet no right i don't i mean if your saturation rate is 6 months to a year and you're still at 120 days or i mean you know, yep. you got it. We have a past guest that made a little comment about uh, taxes. Oh so remember Paul Hurt? Yeah. Self-directed IRAs. He said, <laughs> great way to avoid those capital taxes, capital gains taxes. <laughs> Is what's that? Huh? What's a great way to avoid? Self-directed um, IRAs. Oh, self-directed IRA. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, uh, yeah, I have one of those. I still got to move that money over to Herbie. It's good that he got, I got I to gotta do that. I got to get two people to pay my loans back from it, though. So then once I do that, then I can do it. All right. 
Well, boys, another great episode. Hopefully, we don't get too many haters this one. But it's actually good news. I'm telling you, people are talking about it at your your meeting, Andy. And now we have some bad comments. So the show is moving. Everyone, click that link. Hey, okay? subscribe to the YouTube. Like us on the Facebook. Our websites are in there too. So if you want to buy, sell homes, get in contact with us, and then write in any questions you have, and we'll answer them uh, each week. Anything else, guys? No, okay, that's it. Comments, so that's good. Interesting. Wow. Okay. We'll Ciao. go with it. See ya. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.